welcome to another edition of Look Who's Talking, all the latest news and topical discussion about the life of Christchurch, New Malden. I'm Anna Larkin, and here on the show this month, I have regulars Stephen Kurt. Hello. And Nathan Larkin. Hey there. Plus our special guest for this month, Marika Andrews. Hello. In this month's show, the focus is going to be on newcomers to Christchurch as we chat about the things that attract people to our church and then how we can hold on to these people once they have joined us. So we'll be talking about developing a culture of welcome in our services, um, our newcomers breakfast, and also the role of social events and things like home groups in helping people who are new to Christchurch really feel like they belong. As a related but distinct subject, we'll also be talking about some of the issues surrounding Christchurch being a welcoming place for those from a non-British background. And then finally, we'll talk about the new batch of posters that seem to be springing up all over the place at the moment and what they are for. So we'll begin um, by coming to you, Marika, about the issues that... um, that face someone who's joining the church for the first time, really. So you've been with us now for about four years. Is that right? Yeah, four years. So since 2011. Yeah. Um, And um, you started coming here without actually knowing anybody at all, didn't you? So you weren't brought along by a friend. You kind of just, you know, you sort of of came. So what was your background in church um, before you were here? And then what made you come to Christchurch? I used to go to church uh, in Belgium, in, uh, was a Catholic church, um, so I went to church every Sunday, but it was, um, that was kind of it, we just went to church every mm. Sunday uh, together with my parents. Um, I stopped going the move- moment I moved out, just because it was, you know, it wasn't that what interesting. Age, what age was that then? Uh, 23, something like that. I think I kind of had, it wasn't really a rule, but it was the idea as long as you lived at home yeah 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 on a sunday morning you would just what you did you would just go to church um but it was it was that it was just going to church there was nothing really after it i think the way that um churches in belgium are built i don't know about other countries is that um, there's no really area to socialize so Mm -hmm. the moment the service is over the doors open and you're on a very busy road. So what, you no just biscuits? Have to, no biscuits, can you imagine? <laughs> do you get a handshake on the way out from the priest? Yes, or? you do. Right, yeah. You yeah, have no biscuits? No, no biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit weird. So I've been going, I think I went to that church for a good, um, let me see if my maths are correct, like a good 15, 15 years or even more than that. And so it's I a long time then. Yeah, but I was definitely the youngest one there. Uh, I think my parents were still the youngest ones there at that point. (laughs) (laughs) But so there was no social aspect. You would just go to church and go home. It was just what you did on a Sunday morning. So there was never really um, any kind of, yeah, social aspect. So I definitely Mm. had my faith, but there was nothing really that I could do with it. So from from a faith point of view then, Mm. um, you know, even if you weren't getting much socially and, you know, feeling like part of a community, did you feel that you got something out of church um, from a sort of more more personal, more faith type point of view, or or did you really just go because it was what you were meant to do? No, I did get something out of it, but it wasn't something that I could bring into my daily life. Right. I mean, I learned a lot about God and I learned a lot about the Bible, but it wasn't transferable into yeah. my everyday yeah. life, and I think that's something I really struggled with. I mean, I also taught RE uh, in Belgium for three years um, and then when my head asked me to 
uh, drop one of my subjects. I was doing Dutch, English and RE and it was just a bit too much. I chose to drop RE just because it was so difficult to find that balance in making mm. sure that you could take it into your daily life. Mm. But I still had that very strong faith, but I, did, I felt like I didn't have somewhere to put it, I guess, yeah. somewhere to express it. Yeah, so I mean, it was quite um, literally just church on a Sunday. I mean, it, I think a lot yeah. of people, uh, for them, church kind of is that sort of thing. That's the place we go on a Sunday and all yeah. that. But, but you almost didn't have a choice, but for it to be that, it was... Yeah, no, there was, there was really nothing, nothing else. It was literally, yeah, church on a Sunday, mm. and that was it. Um, so... And then you came to England, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As an au pair at the time, wasn't it? Yes, I was an au pair at the time. So I, I kind of felt I'd been teaching in Belgium for nine years, and I felt like I got a bit stuck um, because of the education system there. You're either a teacher or you're a headmaster. And I didn't want to be a headmaster, so I felt a bit stuck. And then I found this advert of a uh, Flemish family that wanted a Flemish au pair um, in London, in this place called New Malden. Um, so that's what I did. I moved and I... Uh, next door to me. Yes, so next moved door in to ne you. Next door to the vicar. Yes. And you lived to tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> well, how long, how long had you been in uh, Rosebury Avenue when you started... Uh, thinking you might come on to Christchurch, or, or I, I remember us having a conversation over yeah, the fence yeah. early on where you expressed an interest. But you know, I think I think it took us a good two conversations before you actually mentioned that you were a vicar at Christchurch. Ah. So That's Stephen unusual. Wasn't like <laughs> 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 I know. Wasn't like mowing the lawn with his collar. Or no, he was playing cricket with James <laughs> in the garden, and we would just have this regular chat over the fence. Well, I, I don't guess. think I knew who you were at first. You see, so I didn't know whether you were their cleaner or. I was um, playing with the kids. Or oh, a burglar. Yeah, yeah a burglar, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you were the girl next door who yeah. started coming to church. Yeah. I think it was you that suggested it. I think we were having a discussion about um, me getting to know people in the area. Right. That I found mm. it very difficult because you're constantly with, at that point, a four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Mm. So I'd feel that I was a bit stuck in the house and I didn't really know how to... So, so was that like a big part of your motivation for coming to church then was to kind of meet, meet yeah. a local community? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I can also imagine it is quite isolating to be is. in a new country and yeah. to, yes, have a job, but to know only your employers yeah. and the kids you work with. You know, yeah, and it was, I mean, I was working 12-hour days and, you know, the kids cried at night. So that wasn't, I wasn't getting a lot of rest mm. at that point. So the job was very, very hard work. So I just needed some you know, some friends to chat to in the evening. Mm. Um, so, yeah. But also, of course, I had, I, I didn't just want to come because I wanted a social life. It was mm. also, you know, I do have my faith. And Reconnecting, I, and wasn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely. But you came along to 9.30 first, didn't you? Yes. It wasn't 6.30 where you've settled. No, you, I, no, I quite no, like no. this, uh, I quite like this story <laughs> of what happened <laughs> when Marika came you? to 9.30. You better tell people. Well, um, well, you suggested the 9.30. You didn't even mention the 6.30. Right. Um, so, mm. <laughs> so I came along. Um, you had to know, you know, I worked, like I said, long, long hours, long days uh, with two kids constantly. I was constantly surrounded by two kids. And then I came to this service and, yeah, it definitely was shush-free. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I come from a background of a Catholic church where there's, I don't know, there was only 20 people in in the congregation, um, older people, so it was very quiet. I was always shushed during the service, so I was always, you know, very, 
very quiet and just sitting there very still and then you come to Christchurch and everyone's kind of running around and doing their own thing. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a bit of getting used to, really. Yeah, I, I, it was definitely an eye-opener and um, I, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing and it did take me a while to... Uh, yeah, to get to grips with what it was, and I wasn't sure what to think. And you went home <laughs> and phoned your, phoned your dad, didn't you? That was the first thing I did. I went home, straight home, rang my dad, and my dad didn't really know <laughs> what, what to make of it. He had a lot of questions. He didn't understand why kids didn't have to be quiet during a service. Did um, you and your dad just think that maybe shushing didn't exist in England? Did you think it was like a culture thing? Yeah, I... To be honest, Anna, I really didn't know what to think. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I just had like one of the biggest shocks in my life. A good one, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I didn't so you really came back, yeah, so obviously it wasn't... Well, um, I think it was quite obvious that I was completely overwhelmed because um, I was sit I remember vividly, I was sitting at the back. Um, it wasn't trauma, though, and was it? No, 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 it wasn't <laughs> trauma, but I was sitting at the back and I remember at the end of the service... Uh, Carolyn came up to me and she, the only thing she did was she just put her hand on my shoulder and she said, next week, just come to the 6.30 service. <laughs> I have this feeling that that will be more, you know, something for you and something you might enjoy. <laughs> so that's what I did. Mm. Have yeah. you been there ever since? Basically? I have been Haven't there you? ever since, yes. And I think actually it was, it was around that time that, um, that going to the pub after the 6.30 service mm. became kind of more of a formal arrangement. I think up until that point, it happened every now and then, um, yeah. but more based on somebody suggesting it on the night. And it was around the time that you started coming yeah. to 6.30 that it was announced from the front, you know, yeah. a group will be going over to yeah. the pub and do join them. Well, that was a very definite sort of policy thing, actually. You'd think going to the pub after the service, you know, spontaneous thing. Um, but it was around about that time, and it was really good that Marika joined when she did. Um, and also we had Kate Gates, who came over from America and yeah. was here for one year. So you had two people who were new coming at just the time when we decided, really, that the 6.30 service needed to more consciously build community. So starting uh, going over to the Royal Oak, which of course is just over the road, as a built-in part of what we offer at 6.30 uh, was a very, very conscious decision because it's been said that people start coming to church for lots of reasons. There are various motives that get people to come along. But if people stay, it's virtually always because they found community there. Mm. Definitely. And, you know, we'd have quite a lot of people who will come over the doors into Christchurch. The thing about Christchurch really is not about how to attract people to church, we attract quite a lot of people, it's about how successfully we integrate people into a community that's meaningful mm. and makes a real difference to their lives. So, and I think the pub was very significant for both you and Kate Absolutely. in getting to, it accelerated how quickly you got to know people, didn't it? I yeah, think. I think with the <coughs> 6.30 service again, which was, you know, what was a real eye-opener for me was the fact that there were young people you know my generation my age that went to church yeah um when i was in belgium it was almost like a bit frowned upon when you were you know late 20s or early 20s that you went to church mm. uh, let alone that you would actually well, go to the should, pub you should be out living afterwards. your life oh, yeah, yeah you right. know uh, and that you would go to the pub after church you know um so it was it was a very um good way for me i mean kate and i became very good friends 
um, and there's a lot of other people that I became really good friends with just because of going to the pub and having that conversation, that social mm. aspect afterwards. Yeah. That's where we taught you how to speak English like a local with your word <laughs> of the week challenge. <laughs> you when did. we used to give Marika yes. a word of the week that she had to try and use in as many yeah. conversations So what were as some of the words of the week? That I think, did Marika say autumnal? Autumnal, yeah, I still yeah. use it. It's a good word. That's a really nice word. Yeah. It's fun yeah. to say. And of course, we could pick you up on certain. Like you used to talk about things being hilarious. Yeah. And we had to try and teach you hilarious. Yeah, I won't say it now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we taught you some phrases to use, didn't we? Water off a duck's back. Yep. I yeah. Still yeah. Remember. Yeah, I know. It's Which been... is a tricky one to use every day of the week. Really. <laughs> of, course, of course, the thing is, Anna, that around about the same time, or just maybe a little bit earlier, you were a newcomer to Christchurch yeah. as well, yeah. weren't you? Mm. And although you didn't have the whole thing about leaving. Um, another country, you were leaving a church where you'd been very established. Um, which is just around the corner. Just really, around the corner. Is, yeah, and actually, there, there were a lot of newcomer issues for you as well. Weren't yeah. There? I think it's because I, I think it wasn't helped by the fact that I didn't really have a, a clean break. So I, I started coming to Christchurch to the 6.30 service when it changed to being cafe style. So when was that? I guess we that were... Like I was like January 2008. Yeah, so yeah. I, w- I was working here. So Nathan was we working dating, here and, um, and I came along. Yeah. You weren't sure about Nathan at that stage, were really. you? No, yeah, that was all not up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get completely committed to Christchurch just in case things didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I've been coming in the evenings but still still going to, um, to a different church in the mornings. I was at New Malden Baptist Church. Then I went away to university um, and I didn't really settle in a church at university. I tried a few, but I didn't really find one that felt like a good fit. And because I wasn't very far away at Royal Holloway, I was actually home for a lot of weekends. So I went to church with my family on Sundays and then we're still coming here in the evenings when I was around. It was only when Nathan and I got married in summer 2011 that... um, that Christchurch then became the only church I went to. I stopped going to um, to the Baptist church and started coming here in the mornings. So I hadn't really until that point. And I, I knew a lot of people who, from the 6.30 service by then because I'd been going to that for a few mm. years. Um, but and if I'm right, I think you, you find 6.30 much easier to yeah. uh, integrate into. And I guess 9.30 yeah. has quite an obvious demographic, you know, huge amounts yeah, of young parents. Quite newcomers to church, young families, yeah. parents, kids. And, and an awful and lot who don't know that many other people. They look that's the it's very easy as a, as a new person at the 9.30 service to stand in the lounge afterwards, yeah. look around and think, yeah. oh my goodness, everybody here knows everybody else yeah. and I don't know anyone. And it's only now I can look around and see, you know, most of these people, maybe they'll know a handful yeah. of other people well and then everybody else is really just, you know, kind of acquaintances, friends that they see on a Sunday morning. It, it looks like a very tight-knit community that would be difficult to get into but actually everybody's in the same boat really yeah. and everybody everybody's looking for friends yeah. looking for new people to meet and say hi to and once people make around about three or four hopefully a few more than that friends mm. it makes church a totally different experience mm. yeah. yeah it does yeah, yeah. And, and i think that was the key thing for you was realizing that um everyone didn't know everyone and you only needed to meet a few people and in fact you already knew a few but it just seems very daunting you're standing in the lounge watching a lot of people. I wouldn't say that that was the key thing because I did realize that but you know 
learning oh well lots of other people you don't know that many people it doesn't really help you to make friends it just yeah. means yeah. that you know other people <laughs> are in the same position that's true. but it yeah. was um the, the real breakthrough for me in getting to know people at the 9 30 service and feeling a part of the community um was doing the alpha course which i actually uh, i did with a with a friend who wasn't from christchurch um i suggested that she might like to do it um and i said if if she wanted to do it then i would go along with her um, and, and that you never was looked back, really, did no, you, from no. that point? I mean, it was, it, you know, when Anna first came here, because she was coming, because she was married to Nathan, you know, it was something I was quite concerned about. I thought, well, you know, she's, um, if she doesn't get integrated into the community fairly yeah. soon, it's going to be really, really mm. difficult, uh, particularly with a church that you've grown up in just down the road. So it was, it was fantastic when that happened, but it does sort of show what we've got to try and provide for everyone here really as quickly as possible mm. that once they start coming along for whatever reason that they uh, hopefully are able to make really sort of meaningful rather than superficial friendships yeah. yeah and i guess i mean alpha was the the thing that kick-started it but it was more the home group that came out yeah. of the yeah, alpha course definitely. that probably which you're both yeah. well in fact i'm the only non-member of the home yeah. group yeah. around yeah. the table <laughs> but actually i mean feeling like you belong to a church is a is a a funny thing because although I had I have been going to the Baptist church since I was a baby and my parents moved to the area so before I was one so I've been going there for 18 years before I even started coming to any services at Christ Church um, and was very happy there and it was brilliant and um, I grew up with lots of other people the same age as me and we're still really good friends now um, but what happened was we all turned 18 all of my friends went quite far away to university and I stuck around to do a gap year so I had been going to the Baptist church for about a year without it really feeling like it was you know the the community that I had at church had all disappeared and it was it was my friend's parents were still there and you know and the older people and, and that was nice and they were still really interested in me and chatted with me but it didn't feel the same and then another year went by and all my younger brother's friends went off to university yeah. and then I kind of felt like I was really caught in the middle because mm. you know the 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 next people who were younger than me were about four years younger than me and um and then it was just me Which and then everybody 18, else was like kind of in their deal. late yeah. 30s yeah. and I just and so I stopped feeling like I belonged there and it wasn't because the church had done anything wrong and it wasn't because yeah. I had done anything wrong I think just communities do change and it's, grow it's over very time. Interesting. Mm. And I think that does show actually because the interesting thing is that um at 6.30, going over to the pub has been really, really helpful for people who've been here donkey years, mm. years yeah. at Christchurch. And I think probably people need to, if they're really going to be settled in a church, need to be constantly finding new community, making new friendships, um, yeah. rather than just sticking with the old friends they've had, because actually things never stay still. People mm. move on, don't they? Yeah. yeah, and I think, I mean, we've talked lots about community as being the key to why people stay. But I think in b both Anna and Marika's case, one of the biggest things from an outsider looking on is, is that you both got involved in serving. You got your hands dirty straight away. Mm. You know, Marika yeah. came along and helped with youth groups, used to come along on a Sunday and help at, uh, well, TLC as it was then, yeah. engage as it is now. Um, came to Girls' Night In, as did Kate Gates, actually, yeah. and Anna as well when yeah. she came. And I think that um, being part of a community where you're served is 
great and that'll keep you coming for a little while but i think being part of a community where you help to yeah. make that community function and grow and you serve as well um and we're, we're a church where there's constant opportunities yeah. for people to get involved yeah. i think that's what can transform your yeah. just going to church and you yeah, being absolutely. church well, we're having a big emphasis on gifts at the moment aren't we in our yeah. 630 service in particular but when someone joins and they're wanted and they're needed and and you got stuck in very quickly didn't you very quickly i think and and it was nice to know that you were that i was needed um i think i got stuck in because um you know i'd be working with those little kids all day and i've you know i'm a secondary uh school teacher so i i'm used to working with teenagers and all of a sudden i wasn't anymore um so it was really nice to know that in the evenings i could come and help out and actually still Mm do fun things with mm. those teenagers and it was it was really nice to uh, be able to use uh, my experience as being a teacher in, in, in church so I think it did and, and it was a very good way of integrating as well definitely. Mm. Although I think it is it's fantastic when somebody joins a church and they have a, a gift that it's immediately obvious is, is mm. very much needed and you know there's an obvious place for them to slot in but um, there are some things that it everybody is sort of equally gifted in like um washing up after church events was it you Stephen who told me that when when the dishwasher was first bought for the kitchen lots of people were upset because they said no one would ever make friends anymore yeah it was it was said (laughs) it would damage the fellowship (laughs) Um. (laughs) so there you go if there's anybody listening who would like to make some new friends you're right on the sort of the mundane things like shifting those are the things that leave you time to chat to chat to other yep. people yep. and yeah, Definitely. yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, well, let's move on to talking a bit more specifically about our newcomers' breakfast. Um, we usually have a few of these a year. So, Stephen, tell us what they are and what they're for. Yeah, we, we haven't had one for a while. And we need to have one. Um, basically, two or three times a year, probably twice a year, we have um, a newcomers' breakfast where I and myself and Carolyn, our curate, try to invite anyone who's been coming to Christchurch for the last six to eight months uh, on a Saturday morning to a breakfast from about 9.30 till around about 11. And um, as well as getting a hopefully nice breakfast with cereal, croissants and stuff like that, uh, there's a chance to meet other people who are new to Christchurch. It's a bit like a mini 9.30 service in the sense that we have toys out and the kids can run around and do whatever they want. Quite often 9.30 is our biggest feeder. Uh, for those uh, breakfasts, but we also have people from 6.30. Marika came along to a newcomer's breakfast, didn't I you? I did, yeah. And mm. people to the 11 o'clock service sometimes as well. And basically, it's a chance to just relax, uh, be able to find out a little bit more about people than you're able to in the lounge on a Sunday morning uh, or evening. Um, and also for me to give people an official welcome to Christchurch, I suppose, tell them a little bit about what goes on here. You and Nathan normally come, don't you? Yeah. In fact, looking back, there's quite a number of friends I have here now who I really consider good friends. And I can remember the first time I met them being at a newcomer's breakfast and sitting next to them and having a croissant and catching up. uh, Together with people that seems to break the ice. Yeah. Mm, Um, We can also model fairly strongly to people that their children are totally and utterly welcome. Yeah. So even if... Uh, that should be evident from the atmosphere of the 9.30 service. I think it reinforces that to have a, a and I think it all, setting. But it also deals with the to. thing that we were talking about, where it looks like you step into a community with you know, a couple hundred people there on a Sunday morning, 
and everyone knows each other is what we yeah. think. But actually, you're at this newcomer's breakfast. We're all in the same boat. Everyone's, unless they work for the church, basically a newcomer. And so therefore, you're, you know that you're on equal footing and you can go and talk to people and they're yeah. all new and it's, it's less daunting maybe. And it can be quite a surprise because the first newcomer's breakfast I came to, um, I'd been coming to Christchurch in the mornings for a few months by that point. And then I got to the newcomers' breakfast, and I and I met people who I had assumed had been coming here yeah. for, for <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, and some of them had only been coming for a few weeks. And I thought I've been here longer than you have. <laughs> and one I'm, of the, one and of the really nice things as well is that uh, what I notice after the breakfast is that you see people in the lounge chatting who you came to the there? breakfast yeah. together. Yeah. 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 And and what it does show is you don't need to have much of an introduction to people for people to feel that they know each other yeah. a lot better. Mm. Um, so they play quite an important role, really. Carolyn um, is the key one at um, you know, getting the food done and all that uh, sort of thing. Does a great job um, with the newcomers' breakfast. So, uh, and I think social events generally really help. Yeah. You know, that, that's, yeah. uh, which we, we try to do quite a lot of. Yeah, a big part of you know, when the Fun Committee uh, first started, and Funk started in 2004, um, and its most obvious aim was to build up the fellowship, the community amongst people at Christchurch. It wasn't particularly designed to attract newcomers to the church, but actually, um, you know, really good social events, particularly when people haven't been coming that long, can make people feel a bit more at ease. They've got, the, they've got a great amount of time and space to, yeah. to meet people. They mm. don't feel they've got to be on quite so churchy a mode. Um, so they are quite important from that point of view, I think. I think when I first started coming, I think a few weeks after, there was a, uh, a dance here at church. Oh, yeah, the barn, barn dance. dance. It, wasn't, no, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a barn dance. I th yeah, I think Claire was singing. And, oh, and I remember oh, that. Yeah. And he, was with Everett everyone was playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? I yeah, no, it was a band that. were playing. Yeah. Claire, Claire yeah. sang yeah. up the front, didn't she? Yeah, and Monica yeah, and Monica. Monica. Yeah. And yeah, it was I a funk, it was a harvest one. funk event. Yeah. <laughs> Could be and yeah, again there that was, was one of those things. There and stuff, yeah. yeah, where I thought, wow, yeah. that can happen in a church. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember it was really fun and just the, the thing that there are for me that, that was the first time to realise that you do actually or you can have social events at a church and it was so much fun to see mm. the people that you normally see on a Sunday, yeah. but then see them in a different light. Yeah. So yeah, it's really really The good. other thing that was quite significant for you, I think, Marika, um, was the trip to the Jonas Centre and so Definitely. going away and you yeah. know with um, you know yeah going away is quite a good way to get yes. to know people because I think uh, the thing with uh, with the tea and coffee in the lounge on a Sunday morning it is fantastic but because it's such a child friendly service and there are so many children around parents tend to be quite um, occupied by trying yeah. to keep track of their children Absolutely. where they are and yeah, what they're conversations doing conversations can't last too <laughs> yeah. long yeah they? that kind so of I half conversation <laughs> where you're kind of half talking to them and they've got half an eye somewhere yeah. else and, and everybody you know, is quite busy and actually it's only when you, if you're there and you don't have children then you kind of stand there sort of look, looking yeah. around <laughs> for someone to talk to and there isn't yeah. anyone not because people aren't friendly but just because everyone's frantically trying to make sure their children <laughs> yeah. aren't escaping yeah it's, so it's going really away about, slows yeah, down the pace and absolutely. gives people time there's to got really to be talk. that space for people to to really open up and, 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 and get beyond superficial yeah um, and that's not to denigrate the sort of conversations that happen in lounge after the service um, but they can only go a certain You're not going to make a they? best friend talking to them for two minutes every no, Sunday, are no. you? It needs to Absolutely. go to the next what level. What it can do, though, is uh, give people who form really good friendships a lovely regular time yeah. when they get mm. to see each other. So a lot of people like that, that, you know, 
uh, once they have made friends at Christchurch, having tea and coffee after the service mm. gives them you know, a bit of time every yeah. single week to see their friends, which, but doing which people like. But doing something else is nice because even at the 6.30 service, there are people who can't come to the pub because they, yep. you know, they've got a busy next day or they've got their kids to look after. So you just have that quick chat yeah. after a service. So it yeah. is nice to... Yeah. Cinema Club, of course, is a recent yeah. thing and that it's started. Brilliant. Yeah, and basically with that very idea is, yeah. you know, yeah. no, no particular agenda other than to give people a good night out and a chance to yeah. get to know each other mm. better and to be yeah. a community yeah. together. Yeah. And then, of course, a really good way to make really good friendships is to join a home group. And we mm. talk about that quite a lot on this, but I think it, it you know, if until you're in a home group, I don't think you can fully understand the, the depth of friendship that you can develop um, Particularly Absolutely. as home groups tend to, you know, it's a, it's a regular meeting and it's, it goes on indefinitely. So I think our home group has been meeting for, is it two years? Three years. Oh, three, three years, years yeah. 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 Um, so when you see the same group of friends once a week for a good few hours of, of really in-depth discussion, um, and it's been happening for three years, you know, mm. you, re you really get to know people really well. I guess and you open up in that sort of setting probably and, and, and are vulnerable with each other yeah. in a way that you, you wouldn't be standing out in the lounge after church sometimes. Yeah, it takes, you know, it so takes a bit of time, doesn't it? But I think yeah. if a group is meeting um, for um, regularly, and I think meet, meeting regularly is a big part of it, then after a while, you know, if you have someone who shares a bit of vulnerability, then other people can feel encouraged yeah. to. Um, and, and it makes a massive difference. I mean, I think to you, Marika, it's probably made as, as big a difference as anything, hasn't it, really? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, house group for me is one of the most important things. And... Uh, like a Monday evening in my calendar, it just nothing else can ever, you know, nothing else will ever be planned in. It is, you know, it's time for, for house group. And I think uh, it's helped me through a lot of battles, mm. you know, and um, it is nice. It's, it's a very good fellowship and it's really good to really get to know each other and to share things that you might not share uh, with anyone else, mm. but mm. you... You're able if to express vulnerability. If and people are listening mm. to this, though, Marika, and they're thinking, well, that sounds great, but actually, how do you... You go along and meet with a group of people that you didn't know at all before, and how do you get to the stage of, of trusting those people enough to share stuff that you're fed up about or upset about or happy about or... Yeah. Um, you know, wouldn't a lot of people say that that must be just be down to a load of... Uh, characters that must be particularly extrovert or, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I mean, we are a mixture, aren't we? So, we are, mm. yeah. um, but, but I'm wondering how we can encourage people to think that this could be for them because I think a lot of people are missing out on yeah. potentially what could make a huge difference to their lives. And I guess where do they start as well? Is there a point that, uh, as a church, who do they speak to? What do they do? Yeah, do well, I mean, people speak to me uh, about, I mean, quite often people come on Alpha or now the Simply Christian course and as a result of that, you know, go into a, mm. to a house group or home group. Um, but it's not like there's a certain time of year to come and ask about no, it. You know, it's no, just if you're, if you're interested, we're, we're go and ask. We're constantly looking you know? to form new groups. Yeah. Um, but I mean, were there hurdles for you, Marika, when you, I mean, uh, uh, things like yeah. praying? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the, the basic setting that we have really works where you have like 20 minutes, half an hour, where we just chat about how our week's been and we have, you know, yeah. A good laugh and a cup of tea and yep. whatever and then we have or prosecco over the or prosecco, celebrate. absolutely yeah. and there's always something to celebrate <laughs> um and then having that you know very important last bit where you can pray together and tell you know share with each other what you're struggling with 
But I, my biggest struggle at that point was praying, because I'd never, never prayed out loud, let alone for someone else, yeah. which you want to do really well, because you don't want to ruin it for that person. <laughs> um, so, because I remember, because I went, I went back home for a year, so I only, house group was only running for a few months, I think, before I actually went home. Oh, yeah, that's home. right. Yeah. yeah, it hadn't been so, that long. And I think before before I left, you, Stephen, were doing the yeah. praying. We would just say what we wanted prayer about. Yeah, you were doing the all, praying. You'd all say your prayer needs, and then I'd pray a massive yeah, compendium yeah. of prayer, <laughs> which really worked for me. But then I came. But then I came back. I think I'd come back on holiday or something here, and all of a sudden, everyone was praying for each other, and that kind of freaked me out. Yeah. But I think. Uh, I think the good thing to know is that um, you know you're all friends and everyone's very relaxed. And it did take me a, a fair few weeks to actually do the praying myself. Yeah. And no one ever told me to pray, or no mm. one ever said, you know, you yeah, have to do cool this. Yeah, it would have been cool if you didn't. I'd imagine for however long you felt yeah, comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Not and that's to. I think that's the thing when you feel like you're among friends. Uh, then it's okay for some people yeah. to pray out loud yeah. and it's okay if others don't and Although, nobody necessarily yeah. reads it's, it's, into it. I know, it's no. a delicate balance though because you see, I'm, and often vicars can be like this, so scared of scaring people off yeah. that mm. you're really quite worried about putting anyone out of their comfort zone. But what happened was that Susanna Alexander, as she was then, uh, was in the group um, before she moved away to Guernsey and I wasn't there one evening and she said, well, tonight I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell everyone that they ought, to, they ought to pray because it's so helpful. And I went, oh, be very, very careful. And I thought, <laughs> will I come back to a group that no you longer exists? You have so exists? little faith in us. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and actually, she was totally right. And um, it, it still requires that nervousness, doesn't it, to be got over. Yeah. But actually, once people do realise that saying a prayer to, uh, to God for someone else there um, doesn't have to be particularly eloquent, but just has to express what they've they've asked for prayer for. Yeah. It becomes relatively and now easy it feels to like the most natural thing yeah, ever. It does. But it wasn't and to be honest, I mean, no, it was doing it. I've been part of home groups where, um, even recently, just part of home group that uh, you know we've done the whole meeting up and sharing a little bit about what's going on that week. We've even done the let's have a discussion or we'll read a book or we'll go and that's all good. But without that last bit where you share what's what's really going on with you and what you're worried about what you're happy about what you're saying you know yeah. the, the kind of stuff that means something it just doesn't really get below it doesn't scratch below the no, surface well a it, real turning know. point i'm sure she wouldn't mind me saying this was one evening when um uh i think we'd had prosecco to celebrate something <laughs> <laughs> and uh susanna burst into tears and it was not after after her marriage had broken up but what it did was everyone there realized that actually opening up about something you were upset about was really good yeah and and it was a real turning point because i think people realized that that was the w was the setting yeah. mm. whereby that was good and i think everyone uh, in our group and probably this goes for most home groups at Christchurch, i hope there are times when different people become vulnerable and they need to share that vulnerability and the other people can be strong for them and it swaps around another week and people might go through several weeks or yeah. months yeah. of something really tough that they're carrying around with them. So ideally, all of our home groups at Christchurch will be places, places where people can share vulnerability and feel supported. And I think if we can be providing that on a large enough uh, scale, then people will find the community that they need, yeah. both newcomers and people who've it's been It's where community years. means something as well, not yeah. just some people to hang out with. I mean, I can... I, I can yeah. Uh, and it's not something I have actually, because I'm not a member yeah. of home group. But you know, I, ca I can really remember times that Anna and I had been going through something particularly difficult, and you know, we got into the house, and uh, Anna would be on her phone, and I'd 
say, well, what's, what are you doing? She says, well, I'm just going to send a message to our home group and hope that they can pray for me. And, yep. you know, the fact that that's one of the, f one of the first yeah. things that Anna yeah. will do when she Well, and, and also for good things, you know, having a closed like Facebook page, yeah. um, I got some good news to do with my daughter's exam results, and it's the natural thing to put it on the Facebook mm. page for our yeah, home to share group. your joys, So people can then solos, come in and say, that's fantastic, that's like great. Like a little family. You're like a little family. Yeah. yeah. It is nice, yeah, mm. definitely. So, um, so moving on now, although if you, if you are interested in joining a home group, then do speak to Stephen, because I think yep. all of us would really recommend yep. joining a home group Absolutely. at some point. Um, but moving on now, we'll talk specifically about, um, about people who joining a church for the first time, but from a non-British background. Mm. So obviously, Marika, that, that inc includes you, you're <laughs> non-British, but um, you're quite unique in that you spoke English like better than most of us did. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly when better you than arrived. I do. Yeah, um, yeah so that's right. Of course, Nathan's Irish, so I mustn't forget. Oh, him. no, 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 I'm Northern British. Irish. Northern Irish. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Yeah. So, Marika, you didn't have um, you didn't have a language barrier really when when you arrived. Um, so no. obviously that made things much much easier yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, but before we come to you on on that, um, Stephen, first of all, what are the facts and figures on the non-British members of the congregation? at Christchurch? Well, we've got around about, um, on the books, around about 700 people coming to Christchurch, including children. Um, obviously, they don't come every week, but um, coming regularly. But I think the last time we did any sort of assessment, there were 40-plus nationalities, maybe wow. as many as 50-plus nationalities. Yeah, I mean, uh, Koreans, uh, Japanese, Chinese, Australians, Germans, Indians... Africans of various sorts, Spaniards, um, Austrians, all sorts, actually. We actually have proper Irish people as well, not just Northern Irish people. Yeah, so we yeah we've got them from yep, everywhere. Yep, we have. <laughs> um, and probably a larger number than we would necessarily think of people with English as their second language as well. Mm. Um, so a large number of non-British people coming to Christchurch and, and the crucial part of our aim is to reflect the truth that's really at the heart of Christianity, which is that Christianity is meant to be something that takes barriers down, yeah. and uh, which is for everyone. So it's vital that we make non-British people feel as welcome at Christchurch as, as anyone else, and that we do as much as possible to make sure that we're one sort of multicolored, multidimensional, but one single community. Mm. And I, I would say we've still got quite a lot of work to do on that. Yeah. Um, it's something that I want us to, uh, to become much better at. Um, one of the things you notice at the 11 o'clock service, for instance, where we have quite a lot of non-British people coming, but quite often they are the first people to go out of the, uh, the church after the service rather than staying around for refreshments oh. in the lounge. Now, obviously, that's their choice, and we don't want to press-gang anyone Can't into lock having the doors. to stay. <laughs> Can't lock the doors. Um, but I'd like us to become a church where it isn't so obvious, you know, if all the introverts walk out, that's one thing, um, but where, uh, where it's not so specifically uh, racially or country, you know, sort of mm. obvious uh, about those who feel you know, more comfortable here mm. than those who don't. So I think we have got quite a lot of work to do there, really. And people like Marika can help us, I think, because your language skills are so strong, Marika, that I think you've been able to become integrated very quickly. But any advice or help from you uh, about how we can make sure that Christchurch is as welcoming as possible to people from a non-British background would be, would be great, really. 
Mm. So, Marika, did you feel any sort of um, cultural barrier or, or just aware of, of cultural differences? And then also, I guess, you know, you can speak a, a, a language fluently, but that doesn't mean you are as able as native to pick up on nuance or, f- or funny turns of phrase mm. or idioms, those sorts of things. Did you? What was your experience coming to Christchurch? I, I don't know. I think my, you know, the thing that I got to have to get to grips with most for me was was the whole different kind of church. So I think that was the thing that really got me more than anything. Mm. Um, but, you know, there are moments, there are... Um, talks for example where I find it linguistically a bit more difficult um still uh, what I do then you know the the good thing that you can do is listen to the talk again and make sure that you do understand and I do think that you know Christchurch is very open and if I don't understand a word I'll just ask for it or if I don't understand what Mm. someone's saying I'll just ask you know what what does that mean don't forget I am you know I am foreign, Uh, (laughs) 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 I have have that joke Uh, but I think it is important that you you know feel um strong enough and that you know that it's okay to just ask yeah um, yeah it is it is little things it is it is small things to make people feel welcome um and but i think the difference between you know belgium and the uk isn't that big i can imagine um that there are cultures where the is a lot bigger mm. and i imagine um, it's less even kind of translation things and as much as phrases that we may use Absolutely, that aren't yeah. familiar. I mean, we have a, a friend staying with us at the minute um, who's from Germany, and I said something the other day that just, ch- and she just was in stitches. I think I'd said, um, I was describing someone and said that they wouldn't say boo to a goose. <laughs> and she thought she'd, she'd never heard this phrase before, and she just started Which laughing. Which is quite like funny, actually. It is, well, yeah. is, we say I mean, very odd yeah. things. Without, she was um, baffled as to why know, anyone would say boo to a goose. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's probably really quite helpful. Just another example of how it's really helpful for us as a church to have people questioning some of the language we use. Because yeah. it may be that unwittingly for our children or for people who just come from a non-church culture, mm. that actually we're using a whole load of language that's, that's quite alienating. Yeah, because I mean, I guess it's... It, it probably is less of a problem here than in other churches I've been a part of, but I think the biggest language barrier between newcomers to church rather than even foreigners is Christianese, because yeah. there's so yeah. much Christianese Absolutely. that we speak yeah. without even knowing it. You know, we use all sorts of words that are only used in the context of church. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, outside of church, someone comes in and hears us, and we say, well, even words that um, we are very loaded, a word like the gospel. So we'll use the word gospel over and over and over in a sermon. And whether or not we actually stop to articulate, and and actually, if you ask 10 people what their understanding of the word gospel is, you'll get 10 answers. In fact, I think just in this podcast, we've used the word fellowship a few times. I think the only other place you'd hear that is a Lord of the Rings convention. (laughs) 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 Yeah, community is... um, you know, perhaps a word that will make a bit more sense to yeah. people yeah. in fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The uh, the expression I've never understood is "happy as a clown." That's the thing. I think people come here and they think. <laughs> we've <got all> I've <laughs> never ever used the expression. No, I know, understand. but we've got all these expressions. Well, and it I is. English when, people when don't Nathan, even know what when they Nathan, mean. When Nathan yeah. came to yeah, the yeah, it's worker, risky. This I, I, yeah, I got into trouble because I was wanting to say in Nathan's commissioning that he would really energise our youth work and invigorate it. Mm. So I said, I'm also really bearing hoping. My, my mum and dad had travelled over yeah, for this. Yeah, mum and dad were here from Northern, Northern Ireland, Ireland yeah. and I talked about it being great that Nathan was going to really put a bomb under our youth work. Yeah. That and one went down that wasn't well. an expression that you use in Northern yeah. Ireland. 
<laughs> well, anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> we are nearly out of time, but before we finish, um, we'd like to talk about the new posters that have been coming yeah. up. Yeah. Mm. Um, they seem to be popping up all over the place, and the notice board in the lounge has got uh, lots of new posters, and then underneath um, are lots of mini versions, little, little um, leaflets. Some of them have got dates on the back and things like that. So, um, all kinds of information for people to take away on groups at Christchurch to do with community. So, uh, so it all ties in. But Nathan, tell us a little bit about, um, about the posters. Or in fact, before that, Stephen, um, you tell us about the, your idea with the, the Mission Action Plan. Yeah, well, Nathan's the big man on this, so he can talk about sort of designing them. And, but basically, when we dropped the Mission Action Plan um, for Christchurch and trying to get everything we do to serve the overall mission of this church, we're trying to meet people where they are but not leave them there, uh, and really be meaningful to their lives. One of the things that emerged was we needed to publicize a lot of the groups that we're running a lot more clearly. Yeah, we so already have a yeah, lot happening yeah, as a church. Loads, loads of groups happening, half shares for widows, women's own, even more men at home, the youth work uh, in its various different groups. Um, but what certainly I became aware of was the need that we needed to have more arresting posters, we needed to have flyers that people could give to friends, mm. that people could pick up on a Sunday uh, morning or evening. And fortunately, we have a youth worker whose degree was in graphic design. Yeah. And needed, uh, you know, a lot more work. So. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I wanted. I just thought, I'm so, I'm so bored. I just I need more work to do. Um, yeah, no, it has, it's design's been something that um, I think the whole time I've been here at Christchurch, I've been able to yep. use. And um, yeah, before I was a youth worker, I was a graphic designer. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it started maybe with uh, 6.30 service, branding it. and uh, Yeah, the background some, for, the, uh, yeah. for the hymns at 9.30 and 6.30. Yeah, even in fact, the, the church's logo, and then we yep. done signage for outside the church. And yep. posters. So, so it's something that over the years we've kind of uh, taken more and more on as a church and tried to uh, present ourselves in a way that we hope actually reflects the kind of church we are. I think before we would have... Uh, flyers and posters on our website and signs outside the church that uh, probably would lead people to be quite surprised when they would enter the church yeah. and realize we were fun and friendly and, uh, yeah. and did dance and, you know, all these things that Marie My just talked about. My younger brother said, said do you, <laughs> as a genuine question, he said about the old posters, do you, do you go to a 70s retro shop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, people, I think people probably would have driven past and seen them and, and expected a certain yeah. uh, picture of what the Christchurch would be, yeah. which like the ones wasn't with the reflected. terrible puns. Yeah, like Carpenter yeah. needs, uh, Carpenter seeks joiners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of thing that I'd come to expect in church. But what I what I find here at Christchurch was uh, a kind of atmosphere of willingness to let me um, use my skills. And I won't I won't say too much because actually at the end of the month I'm going to be preaching on this very subject yep. and being able to use my my um, skills as a designer to serve God. But um, yeah, so we've seen the the huge impact that it can make to brand ourselves properly and to have things that, you know, these groups that Stephen mentioned are brilliant. You know, they yeah. really are. And they're, um, people have so much uh, of a positive experience when they come and they join these home groups and they join in it even more and they come to the youth work. And, and, and I'm really confident that the work we're doing as a church is great, but people don't necessarily know about it or we're, and we're not, um, we're not 
necessarily advertising it as well as we could. So there's been, yeah, a lot of work uh, over the last few months to yep. really, to, to brand, I mean, Stephen jokes, if it, if it doesn't, if it stays still in church long enough, I'll brand it, yep. you know, so yeah. The, uh, but I, I think it does make a difference. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think in, in 2015, no one really is gonna go to an event with a bad poster, are they? Yeah. Like it sounds, it sounds very shallow, you know, about not judging a book by its cover and things like that. But if you see a poster that looks very sort of low budget, like it was put together on yeah. Microsoft Word, you'll assume that the event will also be low budget, yeah. like cobbled together requires, with whatever they found lying it, around. It, it will require other things to be very strong to mean that that event works, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And I, you know, what I, um, People are a very sophisticated viewing audience today. You know, mm. what they see on television, uh, what they see advertised around the rest of the place is of a very high standard. And, and I think we at church won't necessarily have the same money that enables us to sort of compete on the same level to, to, to some degree. But I think what we've got to show is that we really believe in the message that we're putting out, that we really yeah. believe in the groups that we're promoting. And I think really, really good advertising and really good posters and really good branding conveys that confidence yeah. that we really believe in what we're doing. Mm. And, and I mm. think people pick up on that. So we have had people who have come, um, like uh, Ros Green, because she went by on the bus and saw the poster on the corner um, advertising um, the 930 service, I think, in that particular case. Um, and, and I think it has started to make quite a difference, mm. um, the branding and the, the posters. I mean, it throws up all sorts of, uh, you know, tricky things to get around, yep. you know, different people have, design always is divisive yep. and, and, and different people, some people will like the things that we design um, more than others. We've actually had not mainly positive response yeah, from people. Yeah, it was quite people. an interesting one over connections, wasn't it, where the women you chose were too old and then you chose women that were too young for the poster yeah, or something. Yeah, and then trying yeah. to make sure it was uh, representative of how diverse they were. Yeah. Um, Which, to racially, be fair to racially. connections, to be fair to the, to the ladies in connections, it, it is if you are having a poster that is supposed to represent everything yeah. about you, you yeah. do. You need it to be accurate, absolutely. it's tricky. Uh, absolutely. It's yeah, yeah, you chose one where they all look like Judy Murray, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it, 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 I realise it's a, yeah, with, with a group of um, Well, you Googled attractive older woman, didn't you? That's exactly, yeah. That's, <laughs> don't go through my Google search history and it'll look very dodgy. No, um, I, yeah, I, I think um, that is, as Anna described, you know, we want the groups to, each group to feel like this, this, these posters, these flyers represent them, yep. um, and that sort that, of thing they're happy to hand on to a friend. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. So something that, that uh, th and that can be tr that can be tricky. As I said, there's some of these groups are hard to pin down in one picture, and you know. Yep. So that's uh, you know, I get it right sometimes. I, I sometimes I don't, but it's all it's good. Well, the good thing about having that color photocopier, and the fact you do them on photo yeah, Photoshop, is it? Photoshop. Yep. Yep. Um, means actually that they can be tweaked, can't they? Yeah. It's not as yeah. though we're spending a load of money getting them ordered and then we're stuck with them. So, so yeah, those no, I mean all our. I mean yeah. that's what some people find. That's I think that's the thing. As much as the fact that we really care about how we present ourselves as a yeah. church, the thing that people find most surprising, I think, is that we do this all in house. That we do our printing in house, yeah. that we're designing in house. That and yeah, I, I talk to a lot of people who 
kind of quite taken aback yeah. that we because I think the assumption is that we're spending vast amounts of money going to the printers constantly yeah. and and yeah we've a really skilled team in the office who yeah. are you know yeah, I'd, I'd just like to get the word out there that I now have Photoshop on my computer in the office so if you notice a dramatic improvement in the posters around the church well what will happen yeah. it's not necessarily <laughs> me probably down so to me how's that going to affect things like notice sheets then Anna does that make things easier for you or um, not so much on the notice sheet, but um, in the past, if we had a poster for even more mm. or something like that with, with all the dates on um, and there was a change in the date, um, I would have to let Nathan know. Nathan would have to redesign the poster at home, email it in to me, and then, you know, yep. I'd have to print it all off. And I can do that myself now. And I yep. have started kind of, if, if there are very, very simple things. So I can't do branding in the same way that Nathan does. But Nathan has designed such a big library of logos and colors and fonts that are used on, on church posters um, that I can then go into things that he's made and move them around and rejig them. Um, it's a lot of trust letting someone else play with your, yeah. uh, your design work. But yeah, yeah we're, yeah. we're, we're yeah. negotiating it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. And Anna's got a really but good But it is eye. really it's good. And we are very, very grateful, Nathan, um, that you do this because it's a... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a fantastic step forward, really, in us as a church. You know, the way uh, our, our production values on our posters, our backgrounds in church services, all sorts of things have, have really gone mm. through the roof. Um, so well, thank great. you. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, I think it, it's both that I, it really frustrates me to look at bad designs. So yeah. I'll almost rather just spend time on yeah. things to help. But also, I... I, I because you know we talked about newcomers today, but I've only been here, you know, what it's seven years now. Yeah. But I I've only been here twelve, so actually well, you're all relative. Yeah, and, and so yeah. <laughs> twelve years, twelve years a slave. But, uh, <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I mean, I uh, so seven years ago I came and encountered this what I just yeah. thought was nothing but brilliant church, and yeah. and so it was a real pleasure to have the chance yeah. to reflect that in the way we put ourselves. Sometimes forwards. I think people. Uh, have to get over the hurdle of seeing it's a bit unspiritual. Yeah. Mm. And and I think hopefully we're a long way beyond that now. Um, but I think it is really, really important to know that actually things looking good, being presented well, um, is actually all part of, of valuing what mm. we're doing and being clear on... I think the Bible calls for us to, to do yeah. to all things that we do to our best, you know, and to, yeah. uh, to be able to offer and that to And to attract to more newcomers like Marika. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's all that we have got time for this month on Look Who's Talking. But um, do remember, if you were, are interested in um, in joining some of the community groups at Christchurch, have a look at the notice board in the lounge. Um, there are lots of leaflets underneath um, with the dates or contact details um, to do with each of those groups. So do pick up um, as many leaflets as you like and, and try a few new groups. And you mm. never know, you might meet lots of new friends in the process. Um, but uh, for more information about Christchurch, you can visit our website, um, ccnm.org. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christchurch New Malden, And we are on Twitter at CCNM News. Um, but that's all from us for now. See you next month. Mm -hmm.